there. You're very welcome along to another episode of the Championship. Yes, we're very much into it now. Things are nicely hotting up and it's a big weekend ahead as usual. Pat Horgan is only one point away from becoming the leading scorer of all time in hurling championship history. That's big news. Waterford, meanwhile, they're fighting for their lives against Cork. We'll have big Dan Shannon to look over all the Munster hurling championship action. Shane Dowling and Keith Higgins will join us at the Tactics Board. Meanwhile, Emmett Bolton will look ahead to Kildare's Airgrade All-Ireland Under-20 final against Tyrone. That's all to come on this week's Championship. Yeah, delighted to be joined by Dan Shannon from Waterford now. Dan, you're very welcome along. Thanks, Damien. Just, uh, Dan, I was reading uh, Liam Cahill during the week said the game of the weekend is the biggest in his tenure as Waterford manager. That's a big statement. Would, would you go along with that? It is a big statement, to be honest with Damien, um, from, from Liam. It's a massive game for Waterford. Um, it's probably a knockout game. Whoever wins will go through. So I can understand what he's saying. He's um, putting a bit of pressure on himself, maybe, too, to take it off the players, to his credit. Um, but again, it's a big game for both both Liam and Waterford Damien. What's the mood at home, Dan? How do you read it? What's the mood around Waterford? There's a small bit of nervousness around um, Damien, to be honest with you. But again, look, it's 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 a great game for Waterford to go into because um, Cork aren't playing well at the moment, Damien. So it's it's probably good to three weeks to prepare for this. They had seven or eight weeks and nine weeks on the trot. So the three-week break was very important for Liam and his, and his, uh, his players. Um, the break will do him good, Damien, but I think it's a massive game. Welch Park... It doesn't suit the Waterford style of hurling, Damien, but yes, we haven't been beaten in Welch Park since Liam has come in. So, um, look, it's, it's all good. I, I predict, um, I think Waterford are in a good, a good place, Damien. Um, a home game, a massive crowd, definitely going, weather going to be dry. What a place to be next Sunday, Damien. Yeah, and I think you, you'd love to be there too, Dan, and most people would oh, yeah. love to be watching you play as well. Yeah, you mentioned Walsh Park, Dan. Um, it, it, it nearly seems to be restricting the Waterford lads in terms of just the, the compact nature of it and the style that you guys play. But I guess... I guess that's just maybe a testament to how far the team has come as well. 100% Damien and the one thing Welsh Park has improved on the surface is unbelievable down there Damien. Like mm. you know the facilities might be the best so they might be but the, the surface down there it, it's unbelievable for, for the lads and it took a while to get that in there but it's in there now and the lads won't have any excuse next weekend. Um, granted the pitch is tight but I know what the lads have been training down there it's their home pitch Damien so they, they won't want to be beaten in Welsh Park and um as, as I said, Liam hasn't been beaten in Welsh Park and he wanted to continue because when they stay on Sunday, you know, and you're, you're, you're almost got guaranteed qualification. Yeah, true. And I think uh, Welsh Park has big development plans ahead and hopefully they get through and get the light of day. Dan, just, you know, going back yourself to your own days, just how parochial the Munster Championship is. How much of a boost was it? And I know we're nearly halfway during the year, but how much of a boost was it to the likes of yourself and, and maybe Ken and Milan, the guys you soldiered with, that Liam Cahill and Beaven stuck with Waterford and they didn't, they didn't go back to their own county, which is a massive, massive development in the hurling world at the time. Yeah, I suppose people were afraid that Liam was going to go back to Tipperary, um, Damien, he, but he made a choice. I think the fact that he two years with the boys this is their third year, I think it made the decision easier for him that the boys were willing to maybe work harder this year for Liam. And I've no doubt they sit down with both boards and, and, and discuss what they had to do and the, the way forward. Um, Liam obviously picked uh, picked Walford, which is which is good for the, for the lads. Instead of bringing another voice in to start again, Liam has stuck with the lads, which is very important, Damien. I, I think an outside coach down here, Damien, has, has worked wonders over the years, even back in our day, yeah. when we were playing with Justin, even Davey, to his credit, again, like outside coach, they can come in, lay down the law and go home and get in the car. But an inside coach or an inside manager, he's tough for getting a lot of grief from the public for not picking this, for not picking that, for the where. whereas an outside coach or a manager can do that. I think that's very important down here, especially 
from a Waterford point of view, but I know say coach has, has won trophies in, in Waterford, like you know. But again, um, he mm. made that decision. Uh, it was, I've no doubt, it was a tough decision for, for Mr. Cal and and and, and Bavins, to, to be honest with you, Damien. But he, he obviously picked. He picked Horford, obviously he must have had reasons to do that. Yeah, yeah I think it's, it's evident he did. Um, as you mentioned with the outside coach, even the way Justin got your forwards going down, I always loved the way you rotated and it was very, very hard. I remember I used to write Sean Oak's newspaper column uh, for years, Dan, and he was always giving out about you. Just he, He'd take your, you'd take your eye off him for a second and he'd be gone and then you'd be having a chat in his ear and he'd be gone again. Very, yeah. very hard to keep up with it. Uh, just as regards the team of 2022, who has impressed you most from the Waterford side this year, Dan? I think Caleb Lyons has really took the game. Um, a fantastic young lad, actually. He's he got three points at least above against Limerick the last day from midfield. Um, Willie revert back to wing back now with Ira Daly gone is um, is hard to know. Daisy Hutchins in the corner has been outstanding. Five points the last day really troubled Sean Finn, which he he really did previously. He's his footwork, Damien, is unbelievable. He's a soccer background. You can see that in his footwork when you watch him. He's able to turn on a tuppence, which is unbelievable. So there's a lot of lads have impressed me, Damien. It's wicked hard to, to yeah. point out home lads. Stephen Bennett had a massive league, but league and championship are different. Whereas so has Paddy Cohn, to his credit, injury-free. Paddy has been this year. Um, yeah, so, so so hard to, to pick one player, but yeah. um, I think Walford, and it's unfair maybe to pick one day, but I think Walford is a good place, Damien, at the moment. They're playing well. Liam has them flying, especially league flying. We all know, Damien, the league and championship are different. Totally yeah. different. I know. I'm expecting Cork to come with a bang. I was going bang to ask you about that, Dan. Uh, just going to ask you about Pat Horgan is on the verge of becoming the top scorer ever in hurling championship history, and Dan, and you know yourself how hard scores are are to get. But like he's even at 34, he's been averaging three points a game from play in the last six or seven games. But he's on about 567 points, uh, Dan. I think he's right there with Joe Canning, and if he scores at all at all this weekend he is going to be up there, number one. And what does that say about that man? Yeah, great man, uh, Damien. Jesus. Um, whether it's a free taking of off and play, Hogan has been an outstanding outstanding ambassador for Cork Hurling. He will get over the line, Damien. I don't think that's his goal, if I'm being honest with you. I yeah. think his goal is to, is to win an All-Ireland. But it's something important for himself, maybe his family and his club, that, that they'll think about him more than Pat will, if I'm being honest with you. He'd want to win Sunday. They get through to the next day for far that knockout stages like you know but again look it's a massive achievement for Pat Horgan his club and his family Damien to be honest with you and he's a good lad he's a, so he is he's a great hurler fantastic player and I really hope because when you mentioned the players the calibre of players that you mentioned there to him and that he's he's going to out past him what an achievement for a great man like you know but I hope he doesn't get much on Sunday <laughs> and Dan just a last question for you Cork just the last couple of um, seasons seem to be caught between the styles and what do you think they need to do, Dan, on Sunday to beat you guys? Yeah, Damien, I don't know. Is a cop between the styles, Damien? They, they, they have they, they play to a system that they trust. They're obviously their their management trusts. Um, the one thing I think when you play Cork, um, they lack a small bit of aggression. Do you know that yeah. in the tackle that they don't seem to come out with the ball, but other teams fancy when they, when you mix up with Cork, they seem to they seem to. To wither a small, but I, I don't like saying that either because they could come out next Sunday now and yeah. really tear into Waterford, which mm. I expect them to do anyway. But if Waterford can match that intensity from Cork, I do think um, they, they, they will come out on top, Damien. But this game's Sunday, Damien, it's a massive game for both teams. Yeah. Like, if you do win this game, and there's a possibility, um, what, what Waterford will have to go to, 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 to Innes to get a result. Do you know what opens up the. 
if Tip Bay caught in, in their last game, they opens up again. Like you know, so it's very important this game for this game Sunday for Waterford that they go out, stick to their own game plan team, and don't worry about Cock going to bring. We all know what they're going to bring. Mm. Stick to the way that Waterford are playing themselves. Trust their own ability and trust the teammates around them. I have no doubt next Sunday. Damien, that it'll be a massive game. Can't wait to get on and watch it um, in Welsh Park and see the two to talk to lads go toe to toe. But I expect all lads to come out for your six point better team, Damien. Dan Shanahan, thanks so much for your time. Now, Limerick footballers in 2020 would have felt that they were maybe robbed of a great result against Tipperary. Conor Sweeney's Morris Fitzlike sideline put Tipperary through to the Munster final, and everybody knows what happened then. This weekend, the meet again. I wonder what will happen this time around. Tip in their commemorative green and white jerseys are the Munster football champions for 2020. Their first title for 85 years and it arrives on the weekend that we mark the centenary of Bloody Sunday. A day when hope and history rhymes. OK, delighted to be joined now uh, by Shane and Keith at the Sport. Keith, i just come to you first of all. You've heard the tip there, uh, the tip Limerick clip. Uh, it was close last time out. It could be close again Saturday evening, Semple Stadium. What's your gut feeling on this? You'd probably be kind of steering towards Limerick um, just for the fact that obviously they're coming off kind of a big win against Clare. Um, you know, had a very decent league campaign in Division 3. Um, so, look, you'd imagine the momentum's with them, but I suppose there's been very little talk of tip. You know, decent win against Waterford and, look, they've obviously had that success from 2020 there. I know there's been a lot of change in personnel over the last number of years. Um, but look, I suppose they'll still be kind of using that as a bit of confidence. But look, good feeling, I think, just just says Limerick. They just seem to be on an upward trend at the moment and he'd kind of back them to keep that going at the weekend. Yeah, OK. We're going to turn our attention to Leinster in both hurling and football in a second. But just before before we do, Keith, Ulster semi-final, Monaghan versus Derry. Mm. That's really tight to call. Yeah, look, I'm looking forward to this one. I think... Again, probably people will be looking at it from a point of view of the big win Derry had against Tyrone. You know, they kind of they put on a masterclass that day of kind of getting their setup right, getting their tactics right, the way they played, the way they snuffed out Tyrone. Now I know Tyrone were way off it on the day, but um, Gallagher seems to have done a really good job there. But at the same time, you look at Monaghan and they just never seem to go away. They're always clinging in there, whether it's in the league the last two years, getting late scores to stay up. Um, so... Again, they're just there or thereabouts and you just can't really call it. You'd have a sneaking suspicion for Derry just based on the performance they're playing against Tyrone. But I think that's kind of when Monaghan seems to be at their most dangerous. I mean, mm. you know, they only came within a point to Tyrone last year in the Ulster final. So they're just never too far away. But again, okay. just going with momentum, you're kind of just going to go with Tyrone or Derry on that one. OK, Keith. Uh, Shane, all the talk has been around Munster hurling, but Leinster's not going so bad either behind the scenes. <laughs> No, and I, I did a piece on it this morning, Damien. Like, you know, I'm not saying that the Leinster, Leinster Hurling Championship is, is, is higher quality than Munster, but it's it's the most entertaining anyway so far this year. There's been a lot of one-sided games inside Munster, and even come by, by, by the time Limerick play Clare at 4 o'clock this weekend, that game could be dead rubber with both teams knowing that they're qualified. And also then the following week, Tip and Cork are playing for, I don't know, for, for Pride, I suppose, more so than anything else. So, um, yeah, and the, the, like, the game I'm most looking forward to, certainly above in Parnell Park this week when Kilkenny come to town, and it's a huge game and like uh, like yeah Kilkenny are warm favourites but I mean if Dublin were to turn them over I certainly wouldn't be surprised anyway um, it's the makings of a great game Dublin did a, did a huge win against Wexford down in Wexford Park by you know getting that one point victory like that's huge but 
and then Kilkenny obviously losing out to Galway in the last minute so it's, 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 it's really intriguing I'm really looking forward to it Yeah you never know what's going to happen between those two either um, Can you see any surprises on in, in either of the other two games uh, Shane Leash and Galway Westmead versus Wexford uh, I expect both teams to push hard both underdogs to push hard but can you see anything surprising there? No, I can't, Damien. Especially, especially, and I said it here a couple mm. of weeks ago as well, the fact that scoring different comes into play here, uh, it's just like before, if scoring difference didn't matter, players might take the foot off the pedal, management likewise, and you might just go down, you might win by seven or eight or nine points and get the hell out of there. That's not really the case anymore. Now, I know that, you know, that Westmead more so than Leash now have put up some good performances this year and certainly stayed in a number of games, but... As I just come back to the scoring difference, teams have to win by as much as they can. And yeah. any time, and even going back to at times, you might be going through on goal, you've tipped the ball over the bar, get your name on the scoreboard. Whereas now there's probably emphasis on if the goal opportunity arises, we have to go for it and we have yeah. to take them. Yeah. And because of yeah. all that, it's very hard to see any upsets. I'll come back to you in a second, Shane, just to look ahead to, to Limerick and Clare. Keith, Leinster Senior Football Semi Finals. Uh, I, I personally would have loved to have seen Dublin versus Meath outside of Crow Park but both games are on in HQ Kildare and West Meath kicking off and then Dublin Meath afterwards how do you see both of those going Keith? Yeah look again I suppose you can't really see an upset in either game unfortunately I think we've seen against Wexford that Dublin are kind of coming back to the, their best coming back to the form that we know they have I mean they were absolutely ruthless in that game from the start to finish they just completely controlled it um, even when Wexford were playing with the strong breeze, like Dublin just held the ball they were in complete control they never looked under pressure at any stage um, so you'd imagine the kind of break they had between the league and championship has kind of has helped them a lot um, and again look Meath has had a very average Division 2 campaign mm. there so it's hard to see an upset in that one and then the other side again look Kildare again decent enough league campaign under Glenn Ryan in his first year there they seem to be kind of building something um, I think from their point of view they're just going to be looking to get into a Leinster final and really putting it up to Dublin um, so look you can't see an upset there you'd imagine they'd be really focused on getting over the hurdle on this one and setting up a big Leinster final for themselves so um, yeah it's hard to see an upset in either of those two games I think Damien God uh, lads the more I chat to you every season on this uh, it's just so much shadow boxing in the, in the earlier stages uh, the results are predictable a lot of the times am I being overly cynical here guys? I don't think so I think Look, we've probably had this conversation in the last couple of years, especially last year when the year before when there was the knockout in the provincial championships, and especially in football. I mean, there was a lot of one-sided games. Um, you know, I think it was highlighted because because of that knockout stage. So, it's always been the case, especially in the football. It's always kind of you've had to wait till you got to quarter-final stage before really, really got interest in bar maybe a few big games in the qualifiers. Um, but unfortunately, that's the way it is in in the football championship. Um, Obviously, the hurdle, I think, is a lot different. The fact that you have the round robin in, in both provinces that make it really, really interesting. But from a football point of view, I think that's a fair point. Yeah. Um, Shane, just to come back to Clare and Limerick at the weekend, I suppose we mentioned at the top of the show, Pat Horgan in Cork is just one score away from becoming top scorer of all time in history. Uh, meanwhile, Limerick hurlers are intent in writing their own history. I know you mentioned the outcome of the first game and where it could leave it, but 16,000 sellout down in Ennis, uh, to be positive about it. Clare bullying under Brian Lowen to make progress. Uh, Limerick refusing to, 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 to yield an inch in any game, really fighting their way through all the contests. How do you see this one going, Keith, uh, or Shane? And is it, I suppose, is it couched by what happens in the first game? And it is, I know. 
It's probably not, no, because players, uh, no, it's definitely not, Damien, I can tell you that for a fact. Anyway, okay. players won't really have any indication of what's going on in, in the previous game. Anyway, it's, it's kind of irrelevant in the sense that Limerick are just going to want to go down and win and Clare just want to go and win. That's just the bottom line, mm. do you know what I mean? There's no, there's no two ways about that. Anyone that says anyone else is only talking rubbish. The one thing I will say is that it, no matter what you say about it, going playing a game where you know you're qualified but still wanting to win or knowing that you have to win to qualify are two totally different animals. You know, atmosphere-wise, uh, everything-wise, and, and the player, you can fool yourself high up and low down and, you know, say you're, you're blinkered on now and you really want to win and whatever else, but knowing that you have to win to stay alive yeah. is a hell of a lot different than knowing you're qualified. And I think both teams, well, Limerick know they're qualified. Okay, Barra... Uh, um, uh, Houdini magician type thing you know Limerick will be qualified for, for the Munster final uh, with Clare if they know if they win on Sunday well then they're qualified albeit for a Munster final too more or less do you know what okay. I mean so it's um, both teams are going to want to win to ensure a Munster final spot but also in the back of their mind they'll also know that that they probably could meet each other again further down the road yeah. and if they did finish third it would be the end of the day either so. last question to you Shane just Limerick be totally focused after a slight distraction earlier in the week they're around long enough I guess just to, to knuckle down and get back into the groove fairly, around, fairly straight around long enough Damien have great people around them have great support that, uh, any result on Sunday wouldn't have anything got to do with any side shows during the week ok Shane Dowling and Keith Higgins thanks so much for your time we t- chat to you again next weekend lads Tyrone advanced to play Kildare in the All-Ireland Under-20 football final as a result of a 114-112 win over Kerry at Amore Park in Port Leisha. Yeah, they certainly did. Tyrone and Kerry in the Airgrid All-Ireland Under-20 final on Saturday in Carrick and Shannon. I'm delighted to be joined by Emmett Bolton, former Kildare player and current Under-20 selector. Looking forward to this one, Emmett. Yeah, looking forward to it, Damien. Um, I suppose three really tough games in the Leinster Championship for us um, and a really tough game again last Saturday against Sligo. So um, looking forward to, to seeing what the lads can perform on Saturday. You know, big big effort gone in over the last number of months. So um, please God, they just perform and uh, play to their potential now on Saturday and see how we go. Yeah, I was involved myself in an under-20 squad about the second year of the competition's um Format back back with Tipperary Emmett and I just could not believe the amount of work and the standard that the lads were up to. It really is a fine grade. Does it get the attention or credit it deserves? I wonder. Um, I suppose only recently I, th- I think it has, Damien. Um, you know, there's there's a lot more promotion of it maybe the last year or two. I suppose the the novelty aspect, not the novelty aspect, but seeing a, a team like Offaly winning it when they weren't expected to win it last year and having Roscommon in the final with them probably brought it uh, into the media a bit more and, and highlighted the whole competition but I think it's a fantastic grade it's a, it's a developmental grade you know your, your gap there between you know your, your minor and your senior championship to, to get um, to get guys in, involved in, in around the 19, 20, 21 year your age mark you know and I suppose as, as a role of, of, of our management we're, we're completely aware that you know the influence that you have on these young players you know be it a, a, a mental and, and from from a physical point of view as well to to prepare them for the demands of inter-county you know a lot of these guys are, are still in sixth year in school first year in college um, or maybe have started an apprenticeship so be playing with their clubs or, or at whatever level they are they might maybe have, have experienced maybe a, a proper defensive structure a proper offensive structure you know it's our responsibility to to, to get them involved in that and to try and influence them in that regard and then obviously with, with S&C and stuff like that they wouldn't have been experienced to, to much of that either so we have a duty of care to, to look after these lads as well 
know, the way that the modern world is now at the minute with social media and everything that goes with it, these guys are very influential, you know, so we have a responsibility there to, to look after these guys and well as well and, and to bring them through to the senior ranks, so. Yeah, fairly holistic when you put it like that, Emmett. Um, mm. Just in your own playing days, your conditioning was all as top class. You were bombing up and down that field, but you were part of a defensive structure as well. But you love to get forward and get scores. You played under McGinney and, and, and several other managers also. The question I'm asking you is, has the, the tactical side of it changed much, uh, the approach to an inter-county game, since you've departed the playing scene um, at county level, you know, from what you can see of these under-20s? Um... It probably has to a degree. I suppose when I was kind of playing at, at the height of, of maybe, what was it, 10, 11, 12, 13, we were probably physically a lot bigger than than what the guys are now because the way the game was gone, there was a lot of action in around the middle third, the way the systems were and the way the game plans were. That you had to be big, you had to be strong, you had to be able to break a tackle. But if you look at the way the guys are now, they're more middle distance runners. Um, and S&C tends to be generally geared towards that. So um, I suppose the way we play, the way Tyrone plays, very similar in style, very similar in setup, very similar in in the game plan that we do play. So, um, you know, and they're, they're kids as well, Damien. You know, as I said, like guys are in sixth year and, and first year of college, so they're nearly fully formed in in terms of S and C and you know the fitness levels that we've seen across the board in in all the rounds that we've played so far in the developmental league early early doors from from all the teams is out of this world, you know, um, yeah. and they're they're generally in good shape as well. But in terms of a tactical point of view, like I suppose every team will bring a bring a different aspect of it. But mm. it's about getting these lads in, in in interested in it, about introducing it to them, and then hopefully they can bring that forward into the senior grade. Then uh, Tyrone have a, a centre of excellence in Garavahi, and I think there's about ten dressing rooms in it, and they start off from under fourteen and fifteen, and you work your way up into the number one dressing room. Uh, so their academy, their underage production lines have always been strong. Uh, it'll be no different to what you guys will face on Saturday evening in Carrick. No, they're a very good team. Um, they're an excellent team, actually well coached by Paul Devlin, uh, Dermot Carlin and, uh, and Owen Mulligan. We've, we've watched the majority of their games. You know, They had a tough game against Down, Donegal, Cavan in an Ulster final and then put in a really good performance against a really good Kerry side um, mm. last Saturday. Um, you know, battle-hardened, really good young guys play a really good brand of football, the typical Toronto style of football, really aggressive in defence, really good tacklers, really good structure, and then they break a pace with some outstanding players, you know, four guys up front there that would make any under-20 team in the country, but um, we're just hoping that the guys can perform, you know, they've, they're battle-hardened as well in relation to the game they've had in the Leinster Championship and the Sligo game as well, so we're fit, no injuries, and looking forward to the game. Emma, just from a, a general perspective, um, I know your eats down and, and what NACE does doesn't bother you too much, but NACE have gone okay. Um, NACE CBS have gone well and they've drawn into a, a lot of the underage things um, around 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 the county. Davy Burke a few years ago brought Kildare to the under-20 title and you've got a lot more players at Sigerson Cup and the Freshers level going well um, and your minors are, are going quite progressively also under Niall Cronin. Is there a good vibe in the county in Kildare football with the with the seniors playing a Leinster semi-final on Sunday? It appears to be in good shape looking in from the outside. Well, firstly, it does bother me because they're local derby, Damien. <laughs> and they <laughs> Sorry, bet us last yeah. Saturday in the league by 15 points. So, that um, bother you, OK. That yeah. bothers me big time, yeah. But, uh, still not over that. But look, it's brilliant. Like the, the amount of stuff that Johnny Doyle and Paul Dively are doing there from a developmental point of view and all the great underage in Kildare is huge. You know, getting ex ex county players involved from from under twelves, under fourteens, under fifteens, right up. Um, so these guys are exposed. They're they're getting their coaching badges, and there's a whole feel good factor and a, a really good buzz around the county at the minute. 
over the previous probably three or four months since we've been training, you know, the seniors train on pitch one, we train on pitch two or three, and the minors train on the pitch beside us. So there's three inter-county teams of, of, wow. of same age group training together. You know, you can hear the action from the pitch beside you. You know, I know that when the seniors are doing their runs, they're making sure they hit the white line because they're setting an example for us and we're the same with the minors and it works its way back up as well. Wow. So the work that's going on there at the minute is is, is huge and it, it, it does take a lot of work and a lot of credit has to go to, to Johnny and uh, and Paul Dooley in that regard. And then to get the likes of Glenn and Anthony and, and Dermot and Johnny involved in the senior team is, is absolutely huge because they're there for the right reasons. They want Kildare to do well and not just the senior team. They want the underage to do well. They want everything that goes with it to do well. They want to create an identity. They want to create a culture. And they started that process. Um, and it's great to see, obviously, then ACBS um, progressing as well as they have been uh, this year as well. You have ourselves now in an All-Ireland final tomorrow. The Leinster semi-final for the seniors on Sunday. Kildare Camogie, uh, I can be corrected on this now, I think they're in the Leinster final. Kildare yeah. ladies are in the Leinster final. And then the minors are in the Leinster final next Wednesday. So... Um, and Herity's going well with the Christy Ring Cup Herity, side sorry, as well. Yeah, 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 and the Christy Ring, the, the guys are in the Christy Ring with a game to spare, actually. So, yeah, um, it, it's going well there at the minute, and but it's all down to, to a lot of work with a few guys. So, it's um, it's brilliant to see. And just a final question on that, Emmett. Then the the, the gas thing then is. If you take your foot off the pedal for even one year, all of that gets interrupted and the flow stops and you can go through a little drought for two or three seasons as well. So just with the, the amount of names that you mentioned there, it's great to see so many involved because with the commitment, not everybody can keep the foot to the floor for so long, as, as you know, I'm sure, after even just one season with the 20s. Yes, it's, it's, it's something that you don't see um, from a playing point of view. So when you're playing days, you arrive to a game you arrive at a hotel, you get your pre-match meal, you eat it, you get on the bus, you arrive at the tra- you drive at the pitch, you go in, you get your rub, you get yourself ready, you might need to get strapped, you're called for the warm-up, you go out, you do your warm-up, you come back in, you get your jersey on, you go out and you play the game. You don't see the work that goes on behind the scenes, setting up the warm-ups, the logistics, organising yeah. buses, organising food, organising everything. So it's a full-time job, effectively. And like huge credit has to go to a manager in in that scenario. Like the work that Brian Flanagan has done, especially yeah. just being involved at the twenties, you see it is it's absolutely unbelievable the work that goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. And you know it is ultimately a full time job. And once you're involved in a, in a managerial uh, team, you, you do see the the full aspect of it. So full credit has to go to, to lads okay. that really work up on that. Yeah, I think you're right, Emmett. You have to be obsessed with it. Uh, good luck to you yeah. in Kildare and good luck to Tyrone tomorrow. That's the Air Grid Under-20 All-Ireland Final in Carrick and Shannon. Emmett Bolton, thanks so much for your time. That's it for this weekend, folks. Another episode of the Championship flows by to my producer, Damien O'Mara, our sound engineer, Harry Buckless, from myself, Damien Lawler. Huge thanks. Talk again next weekend.